Hi, and welcome to episode 140 of the Dinner Sisters podcast, where two sisters taking on the nightly challenge of dinner. I'm Kate Schultz, living and working in Rhode Island. I'm a passionate cook and recipe collector, always thinking about my next meal. And I'm Betsy Wallace. I live, work, and raise a family in Atlanta, Georgia. I love dinner time, but can always use help planning and cooking for my family of five. Our goal of this podcast, as it has been for the past 140 podcasts, which is crazy, Betsy, when you say it that way. It's a lot of podcasts. (laughs) Podcasts. We want to cook (laughs) a little better, learn a little bit about food, and most importantly, figure out what the heck to have for dinner. So here we are. It is a dinner party episode 140. And every 10 episodes, we have a dinner party to celebrate another 10 episodes done, another 10 episodes um, having fun with you all. So we have three recipes that we got from a food blog, but they're kind of in a dinner party format. So which is kind of fun, you know, we'll have all the recipes we talked about tips, smorgasbord and a shopping list on our website at dinnersisters.com. And we'll be sending all this directly to your inbox in our newsletter if you'd like to preview the recipes before listening and maybe get some other fun links and things. Kate, I thought before we started today, I just wanted to give listeners a little update Mm. on, we were just talking about 140 episodes and how amazing that is. And I thought I'd share that the podcast has been downloaded over 250,000 times. Are you serious? I mean- is, is, an, is an exciting milestone for us as podcasters and as a community. That's crazy. That yes. Such a community we have here. Yeah. I wanted to share that with you all so you know that it's growing and we're all growing together and it's just been really fun. So that's a quick, a quick uh, update on the podcast stats for those interested. Now let's dive into the most important part of the recipe or episode, which are the recipes for this week. We've got sausage and apples, butternut squash gnocchi, and a rustic pear crostata, all from Lydia Bastianich. So I know you're all with me when I say the only things I want to eat right now are comfort foods. And you may have noticed from the list of recipes that Betsy just said, they're all fairly comforting, a little on the heavy side, which is great because all I want are warm, like hug-like meals that are like a hit of serotonin <laughs> lately between daylight savings time and the stress of the election and everything else. Um, I just wanted to have a dinner party that just warmed warmed me up. So that's what I had in mind. Plus, at every dinner party, I kind of like to think about celebrating something. And in this case, it's one of my favorite cookbook authors and PBS celebrity chefs, <laughs> Lydia Bastianich. Mm-hmm. And she's an Amer- Italian-American woman from New York who got started a restaurant and built quite a name for herself. I first got to know her through her PBS show, Lydia's Italy, which is fantastic. If you can catch it, it's really good. And I have her cookbook, Lydia's Italian American Kitchen, which is a Bible for me when I want to make anything Italian American. She's got just about everything in there. So good. Her recipes are so solid. I mean, how could we go wrong? We have cooked a little Mm. bit before from Lydia and I always really like her recipes. And I have to say, I did not cook. I had heard of her, but I hadn't really made any of her recipes before the podcast. And now every time we use one, it's just such a treat because they're always delicious and easy to follow. And I just like her voice and her recipes. I think it's funny. Now I'm realizing some people just um, come across as someone you'd like to cook with the the voice and the recipes. So she's, yeah, she comes across, I think is like 
a, a solid friend or aunt who really knows her stuff, but really wants to help you in the kitchen, you know, but it's, but a very practical, you know, isn't, isn't coddling you either. <laughs> so our first recipe is sausages and apples. It's a simple title, which, you know, sometimes I like the showy title, but sometimes simpler is better. I got to tell you though, this recipe sounded just like fall for me. And so I could just picture this generous platter of sausages and apples on the table and everybody would be really happy to see it. And so, you know, why not? So to make this dish, first you brown a couple pounds of fresh Italian sausages in a big saute pan or Dutch oven. When they're nice and brown, you add two onions that have been quartered, brown everything up a little bit more, and then add in some sage leaves, water, and apple cider vinegar to the pan. Let the onions go for about five more minutes to wilt them down further, and then add in four apples that have been cut into eighths, a little more water, and simmer partially covered until the apples are soft. <laughs> My kitchen smelled amazing. Betsy, how did you like this? Kate, this was so easy. It also smelled I mean, it just smells amazing. It looks amazing. It tastes like fall and you just can't wait to dive in. And so, and it just gives you a nice hearty meal. I mean, you can't complain about this recipe. There's not, there's not too much going on. I often, I Mm -hmm. often find um, packages of Italian sausages or like at the butcher counter Italian sausages. That's an easy thing to pick up. And I don't, I usually just cut them up into thirds and put them in my pasta sauce and serve it over spaghetti. That's my go-to with my Italian sausages. So I was really happy to have another recipe also that was equally as easy and really delicious. Everyone loved this. I mean, no complaints from here. Yeah. I mean, also that wasn't like marinara sauce adjacent. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. Very different. And I couldn't wait to eat this. I didn't feel like this needed a side for me, you know, when I just kind of piled it in a little, little bowl, but I mean, the gnocchi were delicious with this. Mm-hmm. I think you could do, um, just some like egg noodles on the side. If you really felt like you needed something, or maybe like a crusty loaf of bread mm-hmm. would be delicious. Um, I love the idea. She says you can double this and make it for a large crowd, which like so easy. What a great yeah. idea there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did not use golden delicious apples. I didn't have them. And so I used macoon, which we can find out here a lot. It's a very popular apple in Rhode Island, but I think any slightly tart delicious apple would be good in here. And I accidentally used spicy sausage because I ordered my groceries online and spicy sausages are what mm. came. So that's, that's what I had. Yeah, I mean, that, but they were good. Mm-hmm. I used just like the mild, sweet Italian sausages and I had Granny Smith apples. Mm. So I used those because I didn't, I wasn't sure of the varieties of the other uh, many. I I had, Mm. I have like a real grab bag of apples right now and I wasn't sure what the red (laughs) ones were. So I I used Granny Smith and the sweet Italian sausages and it was delicious. I'm sure any combination of kind of flavors Mm. here, you can't really go wrong. I would just, the tart, the tartar apples were, were delicious in this though. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, macoons are kind of on the tart mm-hmm. side, which was delicious. And she does specify Italian sausage without fennel. And I was like, oh, I, yeah, that's not gonna, that's I saw not that. And I was like, mm. so <laughs> <laughs> nah. I mean, if you can find them, go yeah. for it. I think that's amazing. But that's not that's not what happened here. This is a five out of five. How about for you? Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I don't think you can go wrong. If this sounds like something you want to make and you want to double or triple or <laughs> have, I mean, yeah. 
I this. did have it actually. I you did. Okay. That. Yeah, I did. I was like two and a quarter pounds of sausages. Feels like a lot of sausage. It is indeed a lot of sausage, I would think, (laughs) for you. I mean, it was, we had some leftovers on this, which I thought were delicious. I mean, just putting sausage in the fridge is easy. So, um, yeah. Nice. Good. Okay, moving on here. Butternut squash gnocchi with sage butter sauce. Another Lydia recipe. Kate, what's up with this? Yeah, so this is one I chose because gnocchi is like my favorite pasta of all time. It's just Mm. like so pillowy, little pasta dumplings, you know, Mm -hmm. I love the potato gnocchi. I love ricotta gnocchi. And this recipe for butternut squash gnocchi is like right up there as well. Plus you have this gorgeous sage butter sauce on top of it. I mean, what's not to love? So to make it, you roast a butternut squash and boil a few potatoes, peel and rice them. Or in my case, I mash them. Same difference. Um, Add them to a big bowl, let it all cool. Then you add in an egg, some Parmesan cheese and a little salt. Mix that up and then add in a cup and a quarter of all-purpose flour. You do need to mix this by feel because what you want is a dough that's firm enough to roll, but still a bit on the sticky side. Too much flour makes them tough. So once you have this dough and you knead it a bit, you divide it and then roll it into ropes. Cut the pieces and then roll each piece down a fork for that classic gnocchi shape. Meanwhile, you have some water on a boil. And you cook the gnocchi in two batches just until they float. You fish them out with a slotted spoon and pile into a bowl. When everything's done, you start melting the butter for the sauce, which is a stick of butter. But it's amazing. And then you add Uh in your fresh sage sage leaves. Cook that for a bit and then add in a cup of that pasta water. So don't toss that. Cook until it's reduced by half and then add the gnocchi to the pan and toss. You serve it with Parmesan cheese. A little bit of steps, more steps than the sausage, you know. But how did mm-hmm. this go, Betsy? So I have made these before. We talked about this after yeah. you chose this recipe. But I not this specific recipe, but I have made uh, butternut squash gnocchi from a recipe a friend gave me a while ago. And like... 10 years ago. And so I've been making these a lot. I was happy with that because it was a familiar process and not overwhelming. And as I have talked about before, if it's something I've done before, I get less angry. So <laughs> I'm not I was super nervous about it. <laughs> <laughs> not sure about what that says about me as a person. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But as it transfers to my cooking, um, I apparently am not super experimental. I However, I had made this before, so I was like feeling okay about it. I did do this on a Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. and I think that's important. Either you need to like roast stuff ahead of time, or have this be a long, lazy afternoon project or something. Because you, it's not overly difficult. You just need to have this stuff roasted and right. boiled, and you know that whole thing. Um, so don't rush yourself. But it is a low key project, and I think the results are really worth it. I. I really enjoy this. And this is something I enjoy making once the fall slash winter. Mm-hmm. And I'm always happy I did. I always love that I can use my sage plant that goes mostly neglected during the summer yeah. as I don't want any sage. You know, I'm just, right. I always have a sage plant and all summer I'm just like, ugh, who wants sage right now? That tastes like November. Right. You know, like right. nothing to do with it. My sage always looks amazing. I don't, it, of all my spices or herbs it's such a hearty it plant always, you know it's so hearty i feel like everyone's sage plant looks amazing and then you have like nothing to do with it here <laughs> um, so i'm always happy to use my sage plant in this manner i had not my recipe i usually use doesn't use the um potatoes but i thought that was nice in here i'm not sure if i could like 
really taste it. Yeah. I mean, where you're just like potato-y. I'm not sure if it does something for the binding or um, what, but. Um, yeah, I'm not real sure about the potato. I mean, it adds a bit of starch, you know, yeah. which is yeah. which is good. I mean, I, I'm not real sure. I'd have to think about that. But I think um, you're right. I love these. I've made butternut squash gnocchi before. This was a great recipe if you've never tried it, because I think it's pretty, cl- it's clear. It's Lydia's recipe. So it's like very easy to follow. Um, I had not made um, the butter sauce that way before. And I thought that was delicious mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it really clung to the the gnocchi. It was a little more than just like butter over gnocchi, which, hey, I'm not upset with, you know, just the butter on gnocchi. Yeah. I- Agreed. I hadn't made it this way either. I think I had just like been frying up a little sage and some butter yeah. and tossing it. Right. So this was a nice, more complete uh, right. version of that. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I actually split this up because not intentionally though, I would made the sausage and apples. I was like, this is going great. And then I was, um, I actually microwaved the squash and the, the potatoes and was like, mm. oh, cool. And then I looked at the clock and it was like seven. I thought, you know, if I keep going with this, I will be super angry at these gnocchi and no one needs that. So I stopped. I had mashed the potato and gnocchi together with an egg and Parmesan cheese. Okay. And I put that in the fridge. I was like, that'll be fine. There's no flour in there. It's not going to get gummy. And Mm -hmm. um, pulled it out the next day, like a couple hours before I even wanted to cook. And so it could come up to room temperature. And so by the time it came up to room temperature, it was a little cool. And I have to say, because it was a little cold, it wasn't as sticky. And by the time it fully warmed up, it was actually kind of sticky. And I think I avoided putting too much flour in it, to be honest. Oh, that's a kind of a nice trick for for splitting this up. I like that. Yeah. So it kind of like you just pull it out and then all you have to do. (laughs) I even put the flour into the Tupperware container that I had the vegetable mash in. Like I didn't, I was feeling so lazy. I didn't even put it up in the bowl. I was like, well, here we go. And just kind of mixed it up with a fork in my hands. And eventually I kind of kneaded it on the, on the countertop, which you have to do. And then I was like, well, this is nice. Cause it was just yeah. all the, the long steps of it. It was just the making of the gnocchi. And um, this is a big recipe. So, I mean, it's great for a full family to eat. Uh, yeah. So I froze half of it, which is delightful. Just kind of put okay. it on a baking sheet with some parchment paper and froze yeah. them individually and then throw them in a gallon Ziploc bag. And then you just boil them from frozen. They take a little bit longer. But since you're using the float test, you don't even need to figure out how much more time it takes, which is nice, you know. Um, so anyway, five out of five. I'll think I'll make these. Well, I'll make the frozen ones for sure. I might actually make them again because it's kind of a fun little project for me. Like you said, takes a little bit of time, but it's satisfying. Okay, let's finish up with the rustic pear cristata. Kate, walk us through this one. Pears, I just love them so much. They're my favorite fall fruit, but you don't see a ton of recipes with them, mm-hmm. like baking, you know? So this is a crostata, which is a kind of a, a flat, free-form pie. And in order to make it, you just make a crust, and then you roll it out flat, pile the fruit in the middle, and then fold up the edges. So there's no pie plate at all, which is really nice. So to make this one, the crust is eight tablespoons of butter, cut into some flour, baking soda, and salt, just pea-sized pieces. You don't want to go too small because you want nice big chunks of butter to make it nice and flaky. You add in a beaten egg and a couple tablespoons of cold water and mix until the dough comes together. Then you wrap and pop it in the fridge. And to make the filling, you peel and slice up a few pears and put them in a bowl, adding a couple tablespoons of cornstarch, some lemon zest, and lemon juice. 
And this is different for me. I've never done this, but it was so good. You warm a quarter cup of apricot jam, and then you add in a tablespoon of sugar, and you add that to the pears, mixing well. When the dough is chilled, you roll it out on a parchment paper into a circle. That's very important. I didn't do this because <laughs> I forgot, and things went a little the bit parchment sideways. Paper? You forgot the parchment paper, or would you forget? I forgot to roll it out on the parchment paper. Oh, so I, did, I see. And I made the whole tart. Ooh, and then you had to lift it onto your parchment <laughs> paper? Okay. Sure did. <laughs> I was like, why did I do this? It was so bad. Oh, I bet it was. It was It was filled in everything. Because what you have to do is you pile the pears in the middle of a circle, right? Uh-huh. And then you crimp everything over, dot the filling with butter. I was like, this is looking so good. <laughs> and it sh- I was like, this is going to take a really good picture. Like, I even thought that twice. It's like, I really, the crimping looks really great. Nice work. And then this. Nice work. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when you're like kind of congratulating yeah. yourself, you're like, I feel really proud of myself for this. Not like an ego way. Just like, uh-huh. that's fun. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> so I kind of like, I decided, I made the poor decisions. I, I was, I'll just lift it and quickly put it on the pan. Mm-hmm. No. I should have tried to slide the parchment paper underneath it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, it there's a little bit of swearing, but I got it on the sheet pan. I managed to brush the crust, which was now a little beat up, with some <laughs> beaten egg and sprinkled it with sugar. I baked it in a hot oven so the crust was dark golden brown. And even though poor thing got a little warped, it was really good. Betsy, how did you like it? I mean, I agree with you. I thought this apricot jam really delicious Mm. on here and we do i have so many apple recipes and so much inspiration for my apple baking uh and almost no pear uh pear things we eat pears at my house but i don't usually bake with them so this was kind of a fun little project uh that was was really good i was tempted just to use a um you know i usually don't make the pie crust Mm. But I saw that this one had some baking powder. What was in there? Baking soda? Yeah. Baking powder. Baking I think, powder. Yeah. So I did make this crust. Also, I just didn't have a um, grocery store crust this week. Uh, I think that would probably be fine if you had one and just did the topping. Oh, yeah. Um, but of course, this this crust was good and it worked. And um, the crust was really easy. Yeah. It was easy to work with. It came together. It rolled out really well, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I thought that was good. I think the only thing about a crostata that I'll say is you really do want to make sure you bake it until it's a very dark golden brown. Otherwise, it's like going to be wet and, you know, in the inside and the crust. And that's not good because this is a wet filling mm-hmm. more so than other like crostatas that I've made. So just so you know, and also, you know, to be honest, like it's just me. So this didn't keep very well overnight. I'm not going to lie. A lot of times I'll be like, yeah, I definitely have it for breakfast. Look, I ate it for breakfast. <laughs> it was delicious. <laughs> but it wouldn't be something I'd make and then give to someone the next day. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but absolutely fantastic the day of. Super delicious. The jam. I mean, obviously, I love the jam. I mean, come on now. Mm-hmm. Duh. Mm-hmm. It's on my on brand. So it's five out of five for me. How about you, Betsy? Yeah, me too. I mean, I think this is a great recipe. It was pretty easy. I liked that it uses the pears. I'm sure you could use another mm-hmm. jam here too, Kate. Like I, I felt like everything was a little bit flexible. Like, yeah, totally I flexible, think you, but like I don't know. 
Yeah, I think you could. I mean, I think the nice thing about apricot jam, and they tell you that a lot, is it plays well with a lot of fruits. Oh. So, but I think, you know, so the apricot kind of enhances the pear taste rather than like taking away. But I think you could easily do like maybe an orange marmalade would be delicious. Mm -hmm. Like think of things that would kind of work with the pear. I think strawberry jam in here would be oh yeah you're right that would be kind of gross <laughs> be never lot. mind maybe don't take my my final words of advice here it was not well thought out or or do and tell us how it goes uh-huh. you know yeah yeah just live live wild be careful with your jam choices okay so kate wrapping up what was your winner on the week I think the gnocchi for me, because that butter sauce was like an extra little like, ooh, this will be, this was so good. How about you? Uh, the sausages. I'm going to use that again. I'm happy to have that mm. recipe now. Mm-hmm. Well, if any of these recipes sound good to you, make sure to check out our show notes and grocery list at dinnersisters.com. You'll find links to all the recipes there, everything we talked about, including how to avoid having crostata incidents um mm-hmm. <laughs> on our website and if you'd like to chat more with us if you've got some pie stories of your own you can always ask to join our dinner sisters facebook group we would love to see you over there we are at dinner sisters podcast um we have so much fun okay kate the dinner party smorgasbord is always about our favorites from the last 10 episodes so i will start we yes yeah I always family favorite what's family favorite first and this week it was the or this time it was the nacho sweet potato bar from Sirius Eats oh and that was in the potato episode which is one thirty five and those were just kind of like twice baked almost sweet potatoes with nacho toppings mm-hmm. in a homemade cheese sauce oh I mean. <laughs> I feel like I just what more is there to say <laughs> kind of covers it for why this would be our family favorite. Uh, what was your surprise hit of the last 10 episodes? It has to be the cumin beef stir fry with squash from episode 136. Mm-hmm. I it was one of those where I made it. I was like, oh, this is delicious. And then the next day I took it out and reheated it and I was like, oh, this is delicious. And every time I was like, but I, it was just a beef stir fry. So it wasn't, I had reasonable expectations from it and I thought it would be good, but I didn't expect to be like, Ooh, I'm really liking this. So that was mine. How about for you? I'm going a little out of the box this week. And I am saying my surprise hit was the walks of life cook along. I was just really surprised how much I liked that blog and how much fun I had cooking out of it. And I didn't make anything super crazy, but I made the Hong Kong tea and I made some mm-hmm. egg drop soup and I made a couple noodle recipes and sh- there's some milk bread I want to try. And I just thought the tone in the um, kind of family project whole vibe coming from that website mm-hmm. and that food blog was just so fun and made such a fun read. And I it had such a welcoming and warm, like just whole feel to it. I yeah. really fell in love with that blog last month and so that was my surprise hit because I was I was not expecting that it's funny you mention that because I have had folks that um are friends and other people who are like oh I really got into that walks of life and I found this recipe or that recipe and it's really been all over the place as well as our listeners so um if you guys haven't checked it out I think Betsy you're totally totally right on the surprise hit so good okay what was your overall winner I, it was so funny because I, sometimes when I think about the overall winner, I'm like, oh, what really wowed me or what was really exciting to cook or, or maybe, you know, took me out of the box a little bit. But honestly, this was the Greek salad wraps Mm. from episode 132. They're a bean salad wrap 
so fresh, so delicious, delighted me every time I had it in the fridge to make for lunch. I made them twice more. I've had them. I, mean, I really enjoyed it. talking about these. I know. I mean, <laughs> it's really, it's, <laughs> for a white bean wrap, Kate, you are. I'm really into it. <laughs> yeah. So that, you know what? Uh, it's it's my podcast. I'll do what I want. And that's my overall winner for this, the past 10, up, 10 episodes. Uh, Betsy, I can see in the script, I actually predicted your overall winner. I should have written it on a seat, sheet of paper and, and sent it to you or something. What did you what did you like? It's the BLT flatbreads yeah. from What's Gabby Cooking. And if you've been listening this month, you know that I already <laughs> picked it as my favorite for yeah. the meal planning episodes. Um, but we're picking it again because I actually made pizzas a night or two ago. Oh, for election night, I made pizzas. And I posted a picture in the Facebook group of the flatbreads. And Ryan, my husband, was like, well, What's that? That's not the pizza we're having tonight. Why didn't we have those again? And I was like, <laughs> so now every time we have pizza, he's like, well, why aren't we having the BLT flatbread? <laughs> I mean, um, fair. Yeah. And they were just had arugula, you know, and burrata and mm. bacon. I mean, it was delicious. It delicious. was, I'm I think yeah. you're spot on with that. I just thought, I, was, I was like, I bet you Betsy's going to pick the flatbread. And then I saw it and I was like, yep, nailed it. I did. Yeah. Okay. So coming up next week, we have some recipes for a special, but you know, more intimate, smaller Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. I think, I hope no one is having a large Thanksgiving this year, not because I don't want you to gather family and friends, but we want everyone to stay safe this Thanksgiving. And so we've got some smaller recipes, some maybe non-traditional recipes that um, will be perfect for a smaller crowd. And Betsy, I am officially throwing it down with Ryan. I think I may have found a pork tenderloin recipe that would compete with his. So we'll see. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> that sounds fun. Uh, <laughs> Ryan loves a good competition. So we'll yeah. see how this goes. Battle of the pork tenderloins. Uh, okay. So that's what's for dinner this week. See you next time on the dinner sisters. We'll save a spot at the table for you. Would you like a little dinner in your inbox every week? Subscribe to our newsletter by going to our website at dinnersisters.com for show notes and other fun stuff. If you've got some dinner ideas, you could always send us an email at dinnersisterspodcast at gmail.com. And as per usual, if you like what you're hearing, you can always review and subscribe. Or if you're really into it, we'd love to have you support us over on Patreon. So thanks and happy eating. <laughs> <laughs>